0: I heard like two people. There's more than two people here. Good evening, church. Thank you for joining us. Uh, We do want to remind everybody that uh, life is better in groups, and uh, we encourage you to get into one. Uh, We've got a new group that's starting uh, on Tuesday, September 12th. Uh, The new women's study is going to kick off, and if you would like to reserve your spot, there is a table right back here behind this first section of chairs. Uh, You can go and uh, list your name down, and Connie will get in contact with you and uh, she'll get you a book for the study. So that is starting Tuesday, September 12th at 6.30. I do have a little bit of an announcement, and I put it on Facebook this past week on our Journey Students. It was Journey Student Ministries, but uh, we're kind of rebranding here. Uh, Journey Students, uh, we took off for the summer. There were a lot of things happening um, in our personal lives as a church, but also my personal life, and I kind of shared that uh, last week in my message. And uh, so I took a break, really, and tried to regroup and tried to uh, recollect myself and also recollect my team uh, and our students as well. And uh, we are on track to start Sunday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., beginning September 17th. So we are going to officially relaunch for 6th through 12th graders Uh, Every Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. We've got some other information that we're going to share at this first meeting. Uh, Some trips that we've got planned. Uh, We're planning a a trip to Gatlinburg in January. It's a weekend trip, January 5th to the 7th. Uh, and the the best thing is, um, this is a, an experience that your students are going to love. Uh, they are going to remember it for the rest of their lives, especially if they continue on in their faith and go to church when they grow up. Um, this is a great thing to get them to. And so uh, we are going to be talking about all of this stuff September 17th. But if you are interested, if you've got a 6th through 12th grader uh, that would like to get involved, uh, please see me or find me. And if you're online, comment that you have a middle or high school student and you would like to get them involved. So I would love to get to know them. I would love to get to know you as a parent or guardian and talk about how we can get students closer to Jesus and closer to each other. Amen? Amen. Uh, so if you would pray for that ministry in your, in your personal prayer time, if you do that, um, pray for this ministry, pray for uh, me and, and our leaders that we can get this off the ground again and uh, look forward to an awesome school year. And so with that being said, we've got a new series uh, starting today. So for the next 10 weeks, uh, we're going to be in this series called Forward Thinking. Uh, We're in the book of Ephesians. So if you got a Bible or if you follow along on your smartphone, uh, go ahead and turn to Ephesians. We're going to be in there for the next 10 weeks. Uh, But we're talking about reviews today. Uh, Bobby put out a blog this past week, and he said that like a lot of our restaurants and hotels and things that we go to, sometimes when we go to churches uh, we have reviews, and sometimes they're not that good, and uh, really, it's not it's not God to blame about these reviews, and we're going to be talking about that tonight, uh, but I would like to pray over this series as we kick this off for the next 10 weeks. Would you bow with me, please? Father, uh, right now I pray uh, over... Tonight's message and uh, for the next 10 weeks is we're going to be in your book of Ephesians. And uh, right now I pray for everyone in this room and watching online and for uh, services happening tomorrow as well. Um, I pray that they would leave encouraged and that they would know that you are who you say you are. And that because of that, we can know who we are. Do we really know ourselves? Uh, We're going to be talking about that tonight. And I pray for anyone here that is struggling Uh, going through something in life that feels kind of heavy, that you could ease that burden tonight and that they could just hear your truth through Bobby here tonight. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray, amen.
1: So here's kind of how I want to get us going with the series from the book of Ephesians. It's only six chapters long, but we're going to spend ten weeks there, so there's a lot of things that I'm going to share. And we're going to read it all. We're going to look at every bit of it. But I do want to sort of grab your focus just for a second. You guys who are online, maybe you will uh, track this with me. Uh, If you happen to um, get a bad review... Or maybe a subpar rating. If you're a business. Or small business. Or maybe you're a corporate office downtown Manhattan. Or even in your personal life. Maybe somebody made a judgment about you. And it wasn't very good. It's pretty hard to shake that sometimes. It's pretty hard to flush and remove what others might have written or said about us, and uh, it can be a challenge. So in the book of Ephesians, we're going to talk about how the church sometimes gets a bad review or subpar kind of rating, and it lingers for quite some time until you're able to correct it. So let me give you an illustration. Connie and I just traveled to Colorado. Just got back this week, had a few days with our friends from Texas in the mountains, Rocky Mountains, Colorado, had a great time. But we booked a flight of travel months ago, and we had never flown on the airline that we chose. And to be honest with you, it was not a very good experience. It got started on the wrong foot. We had a flight that was scheduled to leave Cincinnati about 10.30 a.m. Months ago, we had purchased a ticket for a flight that would leave mid-morning, 10.30 a.m. They canceled that flight a couple of weeks before we went to Colorado and said that flight's no longer available. And the flight we were booked on was boarding at 4.30 a.m. from Cincinnati. And we ended up uh, sleeping on the couches there uh in cincinnati airport it it wasn't very convenient at all we got off to a bad start it wasn't the experience that we had planned for or hoped for and that was on the front end on our return a few days later we had some uh similar disappointments we actually were boarded at the correct time on the plane to return to Cincinnati, but ended up sitting on a tarmac for an hour and a half because of a passenger who was a little weirdo and wacko and basically took the whole plane hostage. And we ba- we basically all had to sit there and just endure it. Not sure what was going to happen with the lady. So it wasn't the best experience for us on the front end or the back end of this flight I'm describing. And I can be very honest with you that the first thing that we did as we did finally arrive at our destination was we got out our phones and we deleted that app and they no longer exist to us at least. And... uh, That's kind of what happens to the church sometimes, because we've had a bad experience. If you can imagine, just for a moment, that the church, even though it's like a box that we're sitting in tonight, you are sitting in seats, so just imagine that you're sitting on a plane, and you've got yourself buckled in, and just imagine that we've got wings that are poked out the sides here, and there's a tail fin, and there's a pilot up front, and his name is Jesus. Just imagine, just imagine if something were to go wrong with your trip, your plans. And uh, so there's really only a couple of ways, I think, that this can happen for God's church, and it does happen pretty often. And uh, one of the ways that we get really bad reviews is we forget to give a good review. If you had something good that happened in your life, you should probably tell somebody. Because we're quick often to tell others about our bad experiences, but are you as quick to talk about or give positive reviews for a good experience? So I think sometimes what happens to the church is we who go here and think it's important and think that it really does matter, we forget to tell someone. We forget to leave a good review. That can happen. That can happen a lot. And so if you like it, If you like Jesus and if you like the place that you worship and if you like what God is doing in your life, you probably should talk about that. It's a good review. It's probably a five-star rating that people would pay attention to who know you. That's one way that the church could get a better review probably is that we talk about it more when we are happy with our experience. The second way is sometimes you who are in that seat and buckled in with jesus are pretty weird and go wacko just unexpectedly and i can't tell you what's wrong with you it just happens because we're all just people like i'm not really sure what was wrong with the lady on the plane but she was sure weirding out everybody else and it was pretty annoying and you sometimes who follow Jesus, and you sometimes who have a relationship with the church, and you sometimes who are a passenger on the plane, and you've got a ticket, and you're headed to heaven. You spoil everybody else's trip because of something that you got mad about, or something that you got upset about, or something that you stomped your foot about. Or I don't know what it was, but we're just people, and sometimes we can go weird and wackos. Amen. That can ruin the rating, that can can ruin the review, and it's a mistake. I know we don't want to, but it happens. So, who the heck are you anyway? That's a good question. Do you know who you are? That's what we're going to look at in the first 10 verses, chapter 1 of Ephesians, just a moment. Sometimes we forget who we are. That lady probably forgot who she was. She had several children with her. There were, there, there were other people in her party. She wasn't by herself. And there were, like, lady, like, what's going on here? You have a destination I'm sure you're trying to get to, but your problems, whatever they are, you're holding everyone else up and even your own family members. So I'm just saying, sometimes we forget who we are in some kind of passionate moment, some kind of angry moment, some kind of confusing moment. Some kinds of some kind of hurting moments because we are the church. And so let's look at this. Let's dive in and welcome to a series that will take us into the fall season. It'll be much cooler as we get there. And I'm going to try to I'm going to try to use this moment to address the title I've given to this series, Forward Thinking. You've got to think forward and not backward. We all do. I've got to flush this bad experience because I want to fly again. I need to go to Vancouver. I've got grandchildren there. I'm going to go back to Colorado. I want to see my friends. You've got to flush your bad experience and get beyond the past and, and have forward thoughts about the future and not let that identify you like that was a bad ticket. That was a bad airline. That was a bad church. That was a bad sermon. Bad whatever, you've got to let it go, and you've got to begin thinking forward and move ahead. Not get stuck. Say amen. amen. Okay, you got it. You got it. It is the truth. Bad reviews, subpar performances are hard to flush. They do linger, but it's not impossible. And we've got to, we've got to ask God to help us, whether you're a small business or you live, you live in an office downtown Manhattan, or it's your personal life that has buckled and folded. Because you failed. Let's explore God's blessings, forward thinking, and getting past your past weird, wacko kind of moments or your forgetfulness to tell others, give good reviews about your great experience with God. Let's explore a little bit of this together. I'm going to answer a couple of questions. I'm going to read a few verses. The first question is, knowing who we are, I'm a child of God on my best day, on my worst day, I'm a child of God. I know that, but sometimes we forget that. You need to repeat that. Sometimes we forget that because we're just people Here's a text. Check out this text. It's an introduction to salutation of the book of Ephesians, chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. To the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Praise, praise be to God, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every Spiritual question We may have every spiritual blessing in Christ comes from above. If anything good happens in life, it really is from Jesus. So, the first three verses help us answer who we are. We really are included, we really are invited, we really are a part of God's family because of Christ. Paul the Apostle of Christ. To all of us in the church everywhere. Grace and peace. Paul's two words he uses in most every one of his letters. Praise to God the Father and to Jesus, His Son and our Savior. Who has blessed us. You and I who follow Jesus. By giving us our identity. So. That's the first place that we start with the first chapter and the first ten verses is realize the benefits that we have received in knowing Jesus as our Savior and our brother. If you're going to join some group or organization, if you're going to change jobs, the first question that you want to get to after the salary is what are some of the benefits and so we're going to talk about some of the benefits of the church and belonging to the church and being a part of the church and being the church. We're going to describe that. We're going to describe that in these first few verses tonight, tomorrow, and this weekend. And we're going to try to answer, you know, what's, that's the second question. What's so cool? What's so hot? What's so real and authentic about the church and Christians and Christianity? We're going to try to give you what, what are the real benefits of me trying to give a good review so that others too could become a part of God's family. What's so good? What's so great about belonging to a family, the church? What is it really all about? Following God. What makes it so special? Why, why would I want to be in the church family? And why would others? Who am I? Who are, who are others potentially who could join God's family through Christ? We're going to kind of look at that. First by looking at who am I and then by the why question. Why would I want to walk in the door? Who am I and why Why do I want to be a part of it? That's what I'm after here. And so let's go back to chapter 1 starting verse 3. Who are you and what makes it so special Well, three takeaways, but the first one is we are all included, invited to the party. We're included in God's plans from the beginning. That's what we just read in the first three verses, two verses, chapter one, the salutation. That's what I just read with you on the screen. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms Long before you knew who Christ was. Long before you knew who Jesus was. Long before you knew who God was. God was pursuing us. Even before you were pursuing Him. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not. God was pursuing all of us as His creation. Long before we ever decided that. Tell me more. Tell me more. About who God is. and How I could be a part of His family too. Verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Brian and Bridget sitting over here together tonight. They're on the right-hand side. If you're sitting home, you, you can't see the right-hand side of the room, but here they are. Briello 7. Have I got it right? 7. Do you know what those two guys are doing over there? They're already thinking about investing in their daughter's future and her college education. Briella doesn't have a clue. She doesn't have any concept yet about what it costs to go to school, what it costs to be a college student or a graduate, but they do. And they want to make sure that she has a successful career and future life. So they're already making investments in their mind and with their money for her future. God's doing that for us before you ever met Him. That's why. That's why you should leave a really good review. That's one of the reasons why we should tell other people like you've never heard about a good, good father that we sang about tonight. You never heard heard a story like this. He has blessed us like someone mysteriously making deposits in our checking account. You went to the bank and you asked them to explain how did you have all these resources because you hadn't put it in there. You hadn't made any direct deposits. Who did? And they said, oh, somebody by the name of Jesus, I think was his name, deposited in your account these earnings. That's what it's like to be a part of God's family. That's what We were included in God's plan from the beginning. Not when you finally decided to grow up and straighten up and It's a great story that we need to give great reviews and tell other people because they've got a misunderstanding because they really had a bad experience in somebody's church. They went to somebody's church and said, you can't dress that way. You can't sit that way. Or you can't talk to those people. Or you can't invite those people. They went to somebody's church like Connie and I went and flew on somebody's flight and somebody's airline that was not the best experience that we had hoped for. And we had a choice to make. Like we say, I'm never going to fly again, or I'm just going to say, that was an anomaly. That's not really what the airline industry is like. It's complex. It is difficult. Flights are fewer. And there are things that happen when you begin to fly. But I'm just saying, like churches, if you stereotype every church, you'll never go back again. Amen? You've got to help this. You've got to help God by telling others that, God is actually making investments in their account, their spiritual account even before they're they're aware of that, even before they know that. They're invited to the party. Verse 4 for he chose us in him before the creation of the world. It was a benefit long before you and I ever even existed. Before you were ever born, before you ever had parents who started planning for your college fund. Yeah. God is doing this, investing in all of creation to be holy and blameless in his sight, verse verse 3 and 4, chapter 1. All right, so let me give you a little context. Now I'll move forward, but the first reason why you should leave better reviews is because it's a great place to belong. It really is because everybody's invited and included and God's making investments in each of us even though we don't recognize it or pursue it or even deserve it. He is. He loves John 3.16 For God so loves you and you and you and you and you and you and you even when you had no no interest the least and me. All right, stay with me just a second. The city that we're discussing in this letter of seven, six chapters actually, six chapters, is Ephesus, a commercial trade city in Asia Minor, which today if you try to look it up, if you try to Google it on your phone, we don't use encyclopedias anymore, we just use the phone. So if you want to Google where was Ephesus represented today it's the country of Turkey it is someplace you can see on your map and it was a bit like a modern city like New York where there's lots of diversity and lots of wealth and it was the Mecca for unorthodox kind of church it wasn't just Jewish church Ephesus was Uh, it it had some pretty crazy kind of places that they discussed religion and church. It's where Ephesus is where the Temple of Diana was at. For some of you guys who've done any kind of Bible history or whatever, maybe you never have, it's okay, it doesn't matter. But Ephesus was kind of this place where there's a lot of pagan worship, I guess. I don't know how else to say that, but the Temple of Diana was this temple where... Female prostitutes, male prostitutes, and all kinds of things in the name of God, their God, little G, came to worship. So it was a city of diversity that this letter is written to of people like you and I in America today and in the world today with a lot of people who are crazy and wacky and weird, and they have no idea that there is one true God, and they have no idea that this one true God had a son, Jesus, who's the Savior of the world. They have no idea because they're still worshiping the temple of Diana, they're still worshiping all kinds of other things they enjoy more all kinds of food gods and sex gods and clothing gods and money gods and car gods and everything else that you can imagine. We're not the first people to do that. People have been doing that forever, and it was the story that Paul's writing to us in a city called Ephesus that's in a place called Turkey today. They're people just like us. And that was the background. That was the climate. That was the atmosphere. You and I are complaining about school. You and I are complaining about politics. You and I are complaining about all the crazy, weird, wacko things in the world. It's not the first time. It's been weird and wacky and weirdo for a long time. And it's in that environment, it's in that atmosphere that Jesus appears. And Jesus has a message. And it's this message that, you know why you should leave a good review for the church? Because you weirdos are included too. You wackos have a place at the table. Come on in and let's talk about it. And that's the conversation that Ephesus, that Paul writes, that's where it begins. And the worship that Paul is describing in this letter is completely in contrast to you know what most of us would enjoy it's not an easy button journey's not an easy button kind of place if you come here you got to do something you got to help other people you got to make a contribution with your time talent and treasure you got to grow up you got to step up you got to do things to serve other people it's not about me or, or what I enjoy, or my enjoyment, or my fun, the, the church that Paul was trying to address, the church of Jesus was this church that came to earth through Jesus the Savior and was planted with a cross. And it was radical, like it is today even. When you talk to other people about why did you give away a house or a car, or why do you give away the tie jug, or why do you take somebody a stove, Why why do you spend your resources? And it's that kind of worship in contrast to this other kind of no holds barred kind of whatever you enjoy for pleasure, do whatever you want to do. And more of the churches that we read in the Bible that Paul writes about at Ephesus were like journey and startup churches with church planting or planters than it was about established churches because they had a hard time getting established in places that weren't very godly. Big G. The book of Ephesians is a set of four of Paul's letters that we call the prison epistles or letters written by Paul when he was under arrest in Rome. His first arrest, 61 through 63 A.D., Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon. And... uh, He didn't waste his time, but he wrote four letters that are in the Bible today. What could I summarize is the big idea in chapter 1, besides asking these questions, do you know who you are? Do you know your true self? The big idea in chapter 1 is that God has given us all these benefits that are available to everyone who follows Jesus, we have a wealth of blessings as Christians, and so we should really leave a five-star review. Look at me as I said all those words again, because that's really all I'm trying to teach tonight. That's probably the big idea for tonight that I want you to take away. So you can stop listening. If that's all you get, that's great. But I want you to get that much. Probably the most important thing to take away from the first ten verses that I'm reading with you in chapter one tonight is that you should give a five-star review every moment that you have breath in your lungs to everybody you meet. You should give a five-star review of God and his church because of the benefits that are available, the wealth of blessings that we receive as followers of Jesus who are Christians. Say amen. That's it. And if you're zipping your mouth and walking around telling nobody about nothing, they don't know. If you're quiet as a mouse, you're not leaving any reviews anywhere you go. You don't tell anybody what you do for worship. You don't tell anybody about your love for God and love for people. Then you're not helping God and his church. And that's part of the, that's part of the problem that the church has bad reviews. Because the people that go there don't tell anybody they go there. And if it's the other side that I described earlier, like you're going weird and wacko in some church because it was a bad moment for you, that's a bad review. Now everybody's talking about you, and that's not good either. Like you wouldn't believe the church I went to last week and what that person said or did. So that's the big idea. Paul tells us, first few verses here, verse 1, by the will of God, he himself is an apostle He's on God's team. He's in the church to work for Jesus. The guy who had been a bounty hunter that was rounding up and arresting Christians and Jesus people, he says, I am privileged that by the will of God, he, he invited me to join his team and honored me, all the saints in Ephesus. Ephesus, that includes him. So Paul says, I'm leaving. A five-star review everywhere I can because I was invited and included to be a part of God's team. (laughs) And I have a wealth of blessings, spiritual blessings as a Jesus follower and as a Christian. Let me make a little application here. Verse 1, probably everybody that's listening and Paul himself is included. We've all felt like we weren't good enough. Okay, hang on. Hang on. i got to hurry. I know I'm going to run out of time before I get through this. I love teaching, guys. I've got so much here I could talk to you for an hour and a half, but you wouldn't stay. So I'm just saying. Hang on a second. I love teaching. This is so cool. The Bible is so cool. The Bible tells us that all of us have probably felt that we weren't good enough. And the Apostle Paul says, I'm one of the chief sinners of all. Everybody stood there and looked in the mirror and said, you sucker, you loser, you idiot. Whatever kind of adjective that you used for yourself, all of us have thought about that. And In verse 1, Paul is writing to the people in the crowd who have generations of outsiders And they've never been invited or included. And Paul, for the first time, is trying to convince them that even though you're a non-Jewish person, and even though you don't have any club seats or club boxes, that you know, all the wealthy people, he says Jesus is going to change the status quo, and there's no more lockout. And that's a really cool picture. Verse 1, Paul calls them saints who meet in Ephesus, and the Greek word here is holy one. Some of us were never ever told that we would amount to anything. Some of us were told by our parents that we're losers. That we're never going to be any good for anything. You're not Baptist enough or Lutheran enough or not smart enough or rich enough or married enough. You're just not enough. And you began to believe it. And Paul says the rules have changed. Throw that whistle away. We're not using that whistle anymore. Aren't you glad say amen? You should tell somebody then. Some of you didn't get invited because you didn't come from a church or you didn't come from the right side of the farm or whatever it was. The rules have changed and all spiritual outsiders are now included in God's plan, verse 3, verse 4. It says, He chose us. You didn't choose Him, He chose you. Why? Why would, he cho- why would he choose you? Nobody would choose you. Because he loves you. God so loved the world. Say amen? That's why. Not because of your performance. If you're looking in the mirror and saying I'm not good enough, quit looking in the mirror. God already says you're good enough. Got no hair? I don't need no hair. <laughs> I don't care. Got no money? Don't need no money. Got no woman? Don't need no woman. Got no man? Don't need no man. Got no car, whatever. Just, we've all been stuck there. We've been stuck on this moment where we felt like we weren't good enough, and so why should I leave a five star review? Because God says I'm loved. You're not some reject. He calls you a saint. He calls you a saint. There's people that's called you a lot other words, but I probably never called you a saint. If it's in the Bible, that's who you are. All right? You may not feel like it. You may want to call me pastor or preacher or minister, but I'm going to call you saint because that's what he does. Holy one. I don't feel very holy right now. No. Well, you and Jesus work that out because that's what he says you are. Cool. Say cool. Heck yeah, it is cool. We need to tell other people. We need to give a five-star review to what God has done in our life and then help other people find the same thing. Verse 4, you're not some... Look at verse 4. You're not an afterthought, but God included you from creation up front. It was never church for people with some kind of, you know, elitist attitude or I'm better than other people. It was never church like that. Run away from that kind of church. Like, you have the only church... and people can't come to that church cuz you're better than everybody else forget that church so that's that helps us answer who we are the saint the holy one of god through jesus we're invited we're included and that sets up another part of this that I'm trying to describe in these 10 verses What's so cool about Christianity and Jesus and the church, what makes it a special family? Write this down part. Here's number two. Besides being included, you're you are blended. Included, invited, and blended into the family. Ready for this? I worked on this one all week. I thought this my old noggin up here, I got this one. You ready for this? You know what blended wool is? Yeah. There's pure wool. And then there's synthetic wool, fabric. It's not 100% wool. 100% wool is the warmest, driest. You're not cashmere, baby. But you are blended. You're a Gentile. You're non-Jewish. You're not included in the family of God through the Israelites because you're not an Israelite. But you are a sheep. And you're one of the 99, and the one who was found, you're included, and you are blended in to the fold. Now, you began to say, pretty cool. We may not be cashmere. We may not be hanging on a rack, you know, at some famous store in New York City. But you're in Jesus' sheep pen. Amen? Yeah, I like that. Pretty cool. Look at verse 5. He predestined us to be adopted, blended, like blended wool. He predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. Verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves, in Jesus he loves. Not cashmere, but we are sheep. Jesus looks for us too, the 99 and the 1. He seeks us pure wool, synthetic, synthetic fabric, blended together. John 15. He is the gardener. God is the gardener. Jesus is the vine dresser. We are the branches that are grafted, blended in. Pretty cool. really is. So I hope that helps. I hope that helps you feel better that you're invited and blended in. One of my favorite movies, and I'll go ahead and try to wrap this up, try to get this done. Come back for part two tomorrow. I'll probably have a different version tomorrow, but let me wrap this thing up. We're adopted and blended into God's family. He treats us all the same. That's hard to do. Give me just a second. It's hard to do that. If you're a stepchild or foster kid, If you're an older or younger middle kid, or you're the only kid, it really does get difficult sometimes to feel like I'm getting the same treatment that everybody else is getting. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Seems like there's favoritism. Abba Father is not like any other earthly father. Abba Father, our Heavenly Father, is a good, good father. Different here. Let me give you an illustration. Remember the movie Home Alone? Yeah, he was the kid that got left in the attic. They didn't like him anyway. (laughs) Maybe that was you. Maybe you're the kid that got left in the attic. I'm not as good as my sister. I'm not as cool as my brother. (laughs) God says you're not going to be forgotten in the attic at Christmas like home alone. You are no longer just a house guest, male, female, married, single, young or old, smart or challenged. We're adopted and blended and God treats us all the same. God is no regular father and the church is no regular family. Abba, Father, Daddy, the Christian name for God. What's so cool? It's like a birth announcement that gets sent to everybody and your friends. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6, you can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted, you're blended, invited, you're, you're not cashmere, but you're, you're blended into God's sheepfold, adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives crying out, Papa, Father. Do you know who you are? Confusion rules our day, people don't know who they are. That's a problem. Through Christ, not anything that we did that could be important. We are in God's family. We are his sheep. And the benefits that we can remember to share good reviews of our good news should be shared with others. And we really can't get off this Ferris wheel of I'm not good enough. Get off that Ferris wheel of saying I'm not good enough, pretty enough, smart enough. Get off of that Ferris wheel Just quit riding that Ferris wheel that other people just keep spinning you around like a bottle. Get off of the Ferris wheel. God has already said who we are. Nobody is right all the time. You're not right. Say you're not right. No. It's okay. We're not Jesus. It's okay. But he says, you are included, blended into my family, and that's all that matters. No, we're not right. We we need a Savior, and he is by grace, giving us special favor. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That's who you are, a new creation. Someone told me earlier that they had two of their grandkids got baptized last couple of weeks. I thought that's the coolest thing in the world. They have the same first name, but they don't have the, they don't have the same last name. They changed their last names. They now have a, their last names now Christian. Our last name before was Sinner. We've got a brand new family name. That's pretty cool. If they cool, yeah, it is. So honestly, we need to decide to stop viewing the church as the do this, don't do that kind of place. It's not a place that's got a whole bunch of rules to follow. There are some rules like any any family has. There are some boundaries. But it's also a great place where everybody's welcome. God's family can get bigger. We're radically transformed people, included and blended, and that sets up this last one about being a really cool family. He took care of our debts, and then we'll have communion here as I get to verse 7 through 10. Let's read this together. Let's read this together and see if I can wrap this up. 6.54, I'm out of time, but nine minutes, so let me hurry up here. We may not die with a lot of money in the bank but we are going to die with Jesus if you accept Jesus as your Savior. You might felt like you bought a fixer-upper and it's a money pit. Maybe that's what your life feels like, that you're always hot and cold, up and down. I'm a wreck. I'm a weirdo, a wacko. Well, first Jesus more. Verse 7 through 10. In Jesus we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. In accordance with the riches of God's... He paid our debts. Put that in there. That's what I. That's point number three. He paid our debt. Yeah. He sponsored us. You need a sponsor to keep you out of trouble. Jesus is His name. You need a sponsor. He got you out of debt. You need a financial advisor. Jesus is His name. In Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that he lavishes on us with all wisdom and understanding, and he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Wow, that is a mouthful. We are rich in other ways besides money. Nod your heads. You are rich in other ways besides money. And we have been forgiven and rescued and redeemed. We were spiritually broke and busted and bankrupt. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We were underwater with a mortgage that we could not pay. We were exhausted and we had exhausted our credit line. Foreclosure was on the way to our house, which was us. We were headed to hell. And we did not have the resources to keep the doors open any longer in our personal business or life. But six, Romans chapter 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death, and we were headed to our doom. It was a bad day at the stock market without Jesus. Verse 7 and 8, God walks into our life, and he is the chain breaker, deal maker. He paid our bill on the cross, wipes out person, our personal debt. The devil has stole us away. through sin and Jesus got us back did you see the lady that was at a gas station and she wrote a note I'm a hostage will you call 911 did you see that mm-hmm. they got him you've been a hostage Satan took you hostage I don't want to drink I don't want to curse I don't want to fear Satan took you hostage. Me too. He stepped in and waited in. And he paid our debt. And he does it over and over and over and over. You should leave a good review. We have been bailed out again and again through Jesus' sacrifice. We're now rich in a way better manner than winning the lottery. Bottom line, let me wrap this up. Let me... Read a few ver- few words here. In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us all wisdom and understanding, made known to us the mystery of his will according to his great pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. He's coming again. I read it twice. Bottom line, do you know who you are? You're included, you're blended, you're sponsored and forgiven. And your sin record has been expunged of your sinful behavior. Clean as a whistle and you're white as snow. And you do have this privileged status that you should tell others about. Church, church. Church is the only place left, maybe, where you can be completely honest and open about failure. Think about it. Think about it. You might get arrested if you were completely open and honest about your failure because of some of the things that you've done that you should not have done. Church is the only place left, maybe, where you can be completely honest and open about your failure. We're all more wicked and dark and sinful than we feel comfortable to admit. But Jesus is more graceful and merciful than we're able to understand. Amen? Let's do communion. Let's give Jesus and his church a great review. Justin, will you go ahead and pass those? I'm going to grab a cup. You guys take cups. Get online and leave a good review. If you got something tonight out of this message, tell somebody you ought to hear what he had to say. Come and see. Jesus says you're included and blended and resourced and redeemed. No more bad experiences with sin. Psalm chapter 32, verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit. We are blessed that Jesus takes away our sin. And he does it every time. Together? Let me pray. God, thank you Thank you for the message that I've begun about forward thinking and not looking behind us. Behind us was the old guy, the old person. But now we move ahead. Forward thoughts getting past my past. I'm not who I thought it was. It's better. I'm better than I, who I used to be. I'm glad for the version that I'm becoming and will yet become. Help me, God. Help us all. May we seize this opportunity to leave a message, to post a message, to talk about a message that has a good review about your church, that other people who've had bad experiences might come and learn and hear. Don't give up. Don't stop going. Try it again. Come and see. God really is for you and not against you. In Jesus' name, amen. So pass the other bucket there that we can drop our cups in, I guess, and you guys come and we'll sing another song. You guys who are home, we'll see you hopefully in person sooner or later, and join us if you can. And even if you can't, have somebody join us online, share that, invite, give a good review, man. Go to our website, leave a good review, that'd help. Whatever you can do and however you can do it, we really are better together. So thank you for being here tonight. Let's uh, worship one more time with another song, and we'll see you soon. Thanks.